And what I'm most curious about right now is what would happen if we redefined how we look at health in terms of instead of giving our 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 symptoms or our, our illnesses or diseases or, or injuries a definitive definition i'm wondering what would happen is if we looked at those experiences as uh as feedback so it's just it's it's our body giving us feedback so um if we're so for example with a brain injury because i'm a traumatic I, had a I have a traumatic brain injury from 2003 rather than looking at it as a finite definition of um how i'm going to be for the rest of my life and looking at that as a through line it's looking at myself of where i am where am i today and what can i celebrate today that i can do really well that is going really well and how can i regenerate or generate what I want more of in my life. So it's really, it's, I think it's a couple of things. Sean, it's defining what health really means to you, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. So what are you doing? What are you thinking? How are you living your days? What are you feeling? And then it's how can I create more of that in my life? Welcome to the Meaningful Revolution podcast, where we talk about people's passions and hope to inspire you to your own. We also answer the question, what if you could just add 1% more meaning to your life every day for the next year? So join us on this meaningful revolution. I'm your host, Sean Butner, certified high performance coach, and we have a really great episode for you today. So let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Meaningful Revolution podcast, where we help you um, get inspired to find the things that you find meaningful in your life by uh, having interviews with people that are really passionate about, uh, about their topic. And we hope to encourage you to improve your meaningful work to busy work ratio so that you can have a happy life. Today, I have my good friend, Natalie Forsbauer, who, let me introduce, is a global regenerative health advocate and the founder and editor-in-chief of Heart and Soil Magazine. She's a TEDx speaker, author, organic slash biodynamic farmer, and traumatic brain injury survivor. So she is passionate about human potential and seeing people live their best lives. Raised on an organic farm, trained in polarity therapy, alternative medicine, neurofeedback, and transformational leadership, she brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to her audiences. Natalie, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Oh, thanks, Sean. It is my honor to be in conversation with you. Oh, awesome. Likewise, likewise. So um, today's topic, we're talking about regenerative health for entrepreneurs. And I was wondering, could you tell us a little bit more about what that means to you and what we're going to be nerding out today about? <laughs> I love that, nerding out. I speak my language. <laughs> so regenerative, regenerative health, I think um, it's a good opportunity to reflect on what that means um, as like at, at a macro level and also at a micro level. And what I mean by that is uh, I think a lot of us have leaned 
or learned to define health as like a a state of being. So health Mm -hmm. is um, like, I'm healthy, I'm not healthy, I'm sick, I'm not sick, I got a cold, I don't have a cold, I've got cancer, I don't have cancer, I've got a brain injury, I'm, you know, I can actually, I can run 10 kilometers, I'm, I'm doing really good. So this is the way we define health, what we can and cannot do, or um, what our abilities are, or what our disabilities are. <laughs> and what I'm most curious about right now is what would happen if we redefined how we look at health in terms of, instead of giving our our, our symptoms or our, our illnesses or diseases or, or injuries, a definitive definition, I'm wondering what would happen is if we looked at those experiences as uh, as feedback. So it's just, it's, it's our body giving us feedback. So um, if we're, so for example, with a brain injury, because I'm a traumatic, I, had a, I have a traumatic brain injury from 2003, rather than looking at it as a finite definition of, um, how I'm going to be for the rest of my life and looking at that as a through line, it's looking at myself of where I am, where am I today and what can I celebrate today that I can do really well, that is going really well and how can I regenerate or generate what I want more of in my life. So it's really, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's a couple of things, Sean, it's defining what health really means to you emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. So what are you doing? What are you thinking? How are you living your days? What are you feeling? And then it's how can I create more of that in my life? I absolutely love that. And this is really in tune with my work as a high performance coach, because I feel that, you know, especially when we're talking about entrepreneurs or professionals, um, but really anyone when you're so Okay, there's so many ideas here. The first idea is that, you know, the language that we use sometimes is really definitive. So not only are we sick or not sick, we are an artist or not, or a programmer or not, or a doctor or not. Um, and it's that, that definitiveness that leaves out that, yeah, I'm a doctor, but I'm also a father or a friend or a, a citizen in my community, you know, there, there's all these different, op- so the, the holistic nature uh, of what you're talking about, I think is really super important. Um, and then of course that intention of what is healthy to me and what do I want for my health in my future? You know, it's kind of how I heard that. Um, but I love that, that taking a step back to be like, no, what do I want the outcome to be for my health? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, you know, you're asking, you know, what does health mean? What does health mean to you then maybe? Yeah, that's a good question. The image that came to mind when you were talking about, um, the different parts of us is, uh, is, is a wheel and you know how a wheel, a wheel has a hub, right? And then mm-hmm. out from the wheel is many, many, many spokes. And then around the wheel is the, um, is the, I guess, the sphere that makes the wheel go. And what came to me was the the hub is like how we define overall health. And then all the spokes are the different parts of us that mm. um, are, that connect the dots that make our wheel go around. And so how it, like, you asked me how I would define health? Yeah. Is that yeah, right? Yep. Well, 
part of that is in how I define healing, Sean. So how I define healing is embracing mm-hmm. who we are, where we are in this very moment. So mm-hmm. that is to me what true healing is. It's not healing a bone or getting rid of the brain injury or um, healing a disease or an illness. It's really embracing who I am, where I am right in this moment. And so when I look at that and then I and I go deeper and I'm like, okay, so what does health look like to me? That changes, that changes sometimes daily and sometimes <laughs> for sure every month and for sure every year because I'm continually looking where I am and where I want to expand to. So health to me is feeling really good about who I am, feeling really good about what I am doing and also um, being able to do what I want to do with my friends and family, having the energy to be able to do that, like physical energy, mental energy, emotional energy, physical or uh, spiritual energy. Uh, and um, and then the other piece of it is really um, right now, where I am in my present life is increasing my flexibility. Mm. <laughs> <And so> <laughs> <laughs> mentally and emotionally. So it's funny how that works. Um, because I have really good physical strength and I want, I also, I know I'm, I, I'm 51 and I want to be that 90 year old who can just make it up, like run, literally run upstairs or bend over and touch my toes or, you know, put my socks in them on in the morning and have no problem doing it. So I'm just really being mm. mindful of where my flexibility is right now. And so what do I need to do to maintain that? And what do I need to do to nourish that and even see where I might be able to go with that. Wow. Okay. Well, that's very, very, like, I love that the clear vision for yourself in the future and why this topic, like why regenerative health matters to you. So I'm curious then, um, how did you get started in this? You know, you alluded to uh, your traumatic brain injury. Did it start before that in like you said, 2003, or was that the catalyst for this journey that you've been on? Just one second. Oh, um, <laughs> that is a good question. That's a really good question, um, Sean. And it, it probably started. Uh, I think the pi- pivotal point was actually when I was about um, I think it's been I think, well, let me just see. Okay. Mm-hmm. When did it start? I think the universe and God have been dropping breadcrumbs for me along the way. <laughs> okay. And if you're enjoying listening to this episode of the Meaningful Revolution podcast, there's another kind of conversation that you might really enjoy. So check out Dara here explaining a little bit about high performance coaching. I feel like in this particular moment where all of us need massive amounts of self-care. High performance coaching is one of those huge gifts you could give to yourself for self-care. It's one of those things that just shapes your life in all these ways you never imagined. And I think I would just tell a friend that it's worth it (laughs) and get ready because it's going to shake up your life (laughs) it always feels like 
you know, you don't even realize as you're going along kind of these progressive steps and all of a sudden, you know, 12 sessions in or however many sessions in, you're like, wait a minute, I'm planning and thinking about a life that is, you know, drastically different in many ways. And so it's just, it's almost like this mental shaking up and getting all the crap out of your head. So I think it's, it's an amazing experience and it's incredibly energizing and it's worth every penny. I love having deep conversations with folks, whether they're in my podcast or in my coaching practice. And so if you'd like to have your meaningful revolution started through a conversation and high performance, please stay tuned to the end of this episode for your invitation on how to get started. When I really consciously... Um took note of where I was in my health was after a car accident in 1990. I was, um, it was pretty minor, rear-ended concussion, back injury. I was on a basketball scholarship and um, ended up being diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and not being oh, able to wow. raise the right arm past my shoulder. Like it was, and I was not getting better, I was getting worse. And it was nothing short of depressing. And I remember going into my doctor's office and, um, you know, literally sitting him down and saying, okay, what is this and what do I need to do to get better? Mm -hmm. And it was really powerful, Sean, because he reflected back to me that um, it had taken me about a year and a half to get to that point post accident. Mm -hmm. And he said the challenge is when we have these um, acute injuries and they, they, they don't heal in the time that we expect them to, the pain and the condition becomes a learned condition. And I was like, a learned Ooh. condition. Well, if my body can learn pain, then I'm pretty sure it can unlearn pain. And then we talked about um, a little bit about my mom's health journey. And the reason I bring that in is she kind of struggled through with her health off and on throughout her life and um, in just in different ways and for different reasons. And he asked me where I wanted to be, mm. you know, when I was, when I was her age. And at that time, I think she wasn't even in good health based on the decisions that she made. And I, um, knew then that I needed to make some changes. And so then I literally went on a mission to figure out how I could rebuild my health and what I needed to do to make that happen. So instead of waking up in the morning, feeling all the places where I was sore and achy and noticing the headache I had and noticing that I had another, cl another flu and my shoulder was even more sore than the, the, the day before, I would wake up in the morning and I would look for the areas in my body that actually felt good. And even if it was mm. just my thumb, I'd be like, oh, my thumb actually feels good. And then I literally imagine that feeling um, moving and expanding throughout my body just really, really slowly. and. And, and I'd look, so that's what I did. I literally would get up every single day and every single time I thought about how much pain I was in, I would think about, well, where do you feel good? <laughs> and then I tune into that and started reprogramming. And then there are other pieces too, Sean, which is building my immune system back up, which I learned doesn't happen overnight. It takes time and it takes a dietary mindfulness and I use supplements. And then I met a woman at a dinner party who did polarity therapy and um, she 
did some amazing work on me and uh, taught me about the the impact of our the our energy flow. And then I went on mm -hmm. to study therapy and had my own practice and awesome. Yeah. So you said it's clarity therapy? Polarity therapy. Polarity. Sorry, I heard that wrong. So I have no idea what polarity therapy is. Would you mind just kind of explaining what that is at a high level? Yeah. So polarity therapy is probably one of the most holistic hmm. mm, mind, body, um, spirit practices. So it incorporates body work, mindfulness, uh, energy exercises, which are different types of yoga, um, cleansing and um, food awareness all into one package mm. to help a person attain the health and the lifestyle that they want to live. So it's very holistic and it's um, core fundamental understanding is our energetic blueprint defines our health blueprint mm, okay. so if flowing freely then our, we have a good health blueprint and it incorporates many different disciplines from ayurvedic to chinese medicine to the ancient hermetic sciences and and maps all the different energetic principles um over top and, and with each other to make polarity therapy okay awesome thank you for for explaining that because yeah. <laughs> i was reading some notes before and like oh, what is that i i you know um so cool. Uh, all right. So as you've been on this, uh, you know, regenerative health journey throughout your life, starting in the 90s, you know, again, probably coming through with that the, the, in 2003 with the traumatic brain injury and again, being reminded of probably what you needed to do. Um, what do you think are some of the best opportunities that have come from this topic that you've been studying or been around for a lot of your life. So when you say opportunities, what do you mean by that? Um, so it could be like um, something unexpected that unlocked for you in life. It could be um, ways to handle challenge that presented mm -hmm. themselves in a way that maybe most people wouldn't think to, <laughs> to you know, go that particular way. Right. I love this question. So before I had the brain injury, I really believed in, um, you, you know, like be the change you want to be in the world. And mm -hmm. if you want X, then do, you know, A, B, C and all the way to Z to get it. And I also, I still believe um, and believed in spontaneous healing and, and all the things. And then I was knocked on the head and uh, had a really hard time healing from the brain injury. Mm -hmm. And so what I learned from that in terms of regenerative health is to sit with myself in the messiness, you know, to like sit down, hold my own hand and be like, mm. it's okay. You're going to get through this. And, um, leaning into like leaning hard into gratitude when it really felt like there's nothing to mm. be grateful for because life was so freaking hard. Like, sure. I was, I was blessed because I had food on the table and I had, um, you know, my kids were healthy and there's so much, there's so much to be grateful for. And life was so hard, Sean, like life is hard. So I also learned to really lean into that gratitude and connect with just the little things that I was grateful for. And probably the other biggest piece was to 
focus uh, focus on what I could do rather than on everything I couldn't do. And that applies, all three of those things apply to being an entrepreneur and being in business, right? So as an entrepreneur, <laughs> yeah. um, things can be messy, things can be really, really difficult. And so how do we bring ourselves back into center and and notice what is messy for us and then notice what our strengths are. So what does that look like to you? And, and when we are able to do that, both for our health, from a regenerative space and for ourselves as an entrepreneur, it brings us to a whole level, different level of production as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful. Right on. Yeah, I, I love, I love that. Um, really just kind of, of leaning into gratitude, I, I think is such a powerful message. I was talking with somebody uh, um, for a future podcast after the one that'll, after we release this episode, uh, she's talking about uh, being in physical pain. She's a stunt woman. Uh, Patricia Tallman, if you um, know her from um, one of the groups we, we shared last year. But um, she's talking about when the pain was the greatest, like tapping in, it's hard to feel fear and despair when you're grateful. And I just wanted to point out that it's such a beautiful insight for everyone to kind of pick up on that, you know, a lot can be overcome through that. I mean, it seems like a silly exercise to some folks, mm. but it's so immensely powerful and just changing your outlook and training your brain to uh, not focus on some of the things that are <laughs> more uh, painful or suck is, is kind of what I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, it's really powerful. Right. Um, so um, as You've uh, been on your regenerative health journey too. Um, do you think there's any like um, struggles or challenges you've had with the topic of regenerative health that you've had to like solve? That maybe you know it could be something that if you're studying this, are problems that come up or struggles that come up as you're learning, um, or anything that that you've really had to um, just kind of figure out along the way. Yeah, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing, uh, Sean, was uh, figuring out that it's okay to struggle. Like it's yeah. really okay. You know, it's okay to, um, like there's so much emphasis on, you know, being gratitude, be like, um, be positive, be, be, all, be all the things. And at the same time, sometimes there's things in life that, evoke these big emotions and evoke these big transformations and even nature shows us that transformation isn't always um the butterflies flying in the flowers transformation is that caterpillar going into glue to goo literally going into goo in the cocoon and then <laughs> transforming into those beautiful wings that land in the flowers so just being really mindful of the 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 cycles and the seasons of where you're at and the, and you can be in all four seasons in a day right you can be <laughs> in all four seasons in a minute in a hot minute <laughs> so i think that is probably one of my biggest learnings is mm. is being really comfortable with the uncomfortable and i can't say i always get it right and i i'm learning though the incredible presence that comes with it mm -hmm. 
yeah, in in uh, high performance, we call it honoring the struggle. You know, and I love that phrase for just that, that that when we meet resistance, when we meet hurdles in life, it's meant to be part of life, right? I, I like I, I again think that our characters are defined on how we respond or what we learn through that process. You know, maybe we have this idea of how we want to be in the world. A struggle comes up, and then we don't live up to that ideal. That's a place to learn. Um, mm-hmm. So. Anyways, yeah, it's honor the struggle. Like, um, I'm a very much an optimistic person, and, and so I, I think it's also a really good thing to call out that just because you're optimistic doesn't mean you feel grief when somebody passes yeah. away or that you feel really bummed when things don't go the way that you want it to. But um, I believe in the underlying hope that you, things can change, and I think that's an important thing, but it doesn't mean you ignore that part of your humanity. Yeah, that's right. And this is so powerful, Sean, because that's one of the teachings from my children that I've received around regenerative health is um, because I'm an idealist too. I'm that person (laughs) who, you know, someone talks about their challenges and I'm like, well, and then I ask them questions to help them discover Mm -hmm. what their next steps might be. And that's really the last thing my my teenagers want to (laughs) hear. What they want is me to just sit and listen right mm-hmm. they just want to be heard and seen and there's so much power in that and the visual that came to me was it's like when you know a plant needs to be watered you don't take a fire hose out and like fire hose <laughs> it with water right you let it you give it the water that it needs and it finds it in the soil and it picks it up and it rehydrates and it's um comes back to life in these magical ways and it can be powerful for us to learn that sometimes that's what's needed from us too is more presence than that got I guess pushing. Yeah. Yeah. I I cannot agree more with that. And then you know, I had an image in my head pop in about, you know, how sometimes if we do the plant analogy to tack onto that, you know, you need some struggle to bear ripe fruits you know and i'm thinking like grapes need a little struggle if they want to be the the tastiest when you put them in wine or salads or whatever so um not to to lose that um part also Mm -hmm. so okay yeah i just wanted to add one other piece to the regenerative health health piece which i'm really putting big claim to and that is um being really mindful of the food that we eat because as Mm. entrepreneurs (laughs) and i see it a lot in the coaching space and i love the coaching space i've been in it for three decades um is the food that we eat has an incredible impact on our state of mind emotionally mentally physically and spiritually and one thing i really i know and have seen to be true over and over and over again is eating foods that are organically grown and chemically free or that you and or that you can grow yourself that you know are grown without chemicals is probably one of the most profound tools and instruments that we could put in our tool belt and gift ourselves for Mm. true radiant health (laughs) right on um so on that topic so I mean, in your bio, you mentioned you grew up around or on an organic farm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any like 
sort of like a story that may come to mind about growing your own food or um, changing yeah. your diet to help fuel you? Because like I'm a systems guy by training in tech. And we have a saying yeah. called garbage in is garbage out, <laughs> which is very true. Like the stuff that you're feeding yourself, again, determines a lot of energy and how you feel about yourself, which is important. But uh, what, what yeah. stories come to mind that maybe you could share about changing the food or being more aware of the food that, you know, we're eating? Yeah. Well, there's two, two things come to mind. One is um, when I was, I was born and raised on an organic vegetable farm. So I was born... You know, I was the I was a kid at Lent had the not cool lunch. Like everything was homemade. Um, <laughs> it didn't look like anybody else's, and and um, like you know, I hadn't even tasted like Kool Aid or anything like that till I was I think in school. And then when I did, I was like, Whoa! Whoa. What? <laughs> <laughs> it was so disappointing. It was so anticlimactic because I was used to drinking these like fresh squeezed apple juices and stuff like that um, that we would make with a press on the farm and mm. um, but. So my point is, is I was born like being told and shown that organic was really healthy and the way to go. And then when I was 18, my family sold their farm that they had been farming organically for um, very, for I don't know, 12 years or something. And then we bought a farm that had been farmed chem with chemicals and a lot of chemicals. Um, it was a dairy farm and corn had been grown on it. And um handfuls of this dirt and it was like dust mm -hmm. and i actually wondered if it was what the surface of the moon would feel like because it was so lifeless and i wondered why my dad would buy farm with land like this and we not only that john but we scoured the whole 110 acres for earthworms because there's this little stream along the side that i wanted to mm -hmm. take my little brothers and sisters fishing in I'm the oldest of 12 kids, so it's just kind of like a fun oh. thing to do. And um, <laughs> we could not find one earthworm on a, over 110 acres. We dug along the house, the barns. We turned over every piece of wood there was. Wow. And honestly, we could not find one earthworm. And we came from a farm where you'd pick up a hand of a soil and there would be earthworms in that soil. That is just, or if there, were, or there weren't, you didn't have to go too far to look for them. You just had to dig like two or three feet away and there's earthworms. So... That was shocking to me. And then what was transformational was watching that soil come back to life. Like mm. that was powerful because it was this dusty, what people call dirt now turned into this incredible living soil, like a soil that was full of life teeming with um, m like microorganisms and earthworms and all the things. And to see that soil actually had an ecosystem of in itself was way more transformational than how good any food had tasted mm -hmm. growing up. So that was probably mm. one of the most um, transformational things about food. And I know it's not necessarily food, but it's literally seeing that soil has life and that life in the soil goes into the food that we eat, mm -hmm. which impacts our health, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it's also a really good metaphor for so many people in modern life. You know, I, I think there's a disconnect from the soil, from the ground, um, just the processes that we decide to participate in as part of our day-to-day -day lives. And like, 
just like that soil that's lifeless, if you take a look at all the things that you do day to day, like what's giving you life, what's giving you that, that sense of vibrancy, um, and how can you change your ecosystem or environment to be a little bit more connected to that, that human age? And maybe I'm not landing this idea that popped in my head as much, but um, really like, like, that transformation, uh, like, so I'm thinking of a documentary I saw a while back called The Big Little Farm. I'm not sure if you're familiar mm-hmm. with it. And yep. just how connected every little thing was. Like, he gets snails to, you know, to do something. And then you get ducks to get the snails so the population's in check and they don't eat all your plants. And then before you know it, you have this thriving ecosystem uh, of life. And, it, you know, it's all working together to, to make the farm lush, right? Yes, yes. And that's so powerful, Sean, because it's a great segue into having a deeper understanding of how connected we are. We are soil. We're literally living soil ourselves and just in different form, right? Mm -hmm. When we break down the body, we have all the same elements as soil. It's very powerful. And then also looking at that, taking that further, the microbial life in the soil is is where the plants are getting their energy from and growing 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 from right and then the food that's produced from that has a microbiome itself and then when we eat that that microbiome becomes part of us and this is the powerful part because Mm -hmm. we used to think that our body would break down all the food and you know get the protein and get the sugars and bring it to the different parts of our body that needed it but what we're learning is that the microbes actually break down the food for us release the different nutrients that our bodies need and then it goes on and throughout our body so without the right microbes in our gut we're not able to break down you know the glutens and the all the things that people are having a hard time with and there's things that are linked to the way we grow food that are actually destroying our microbiome there's destroying the microbiome of the soil and from how our food is grown and then is also impacting the microbiome of our bodies because of the chemical exposure we have. So it's this powerful interconnectedness of mindfulness of going into more awareness of, it's not just about eating organic food, it's about the impact we're having on our planet and on humanity and on mm-hmm. evolution as a whole and on creation and in life as a whole. It's really powerful when we zoom out and we take a look at it from that perspective. It's, you know, it's the food we eat is, it, it probably has the greatest impact of all on the planet and we don't even know it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, being, you know, living in California, there's a lot of like the farm to table movement mm-hmm. and access to fresh vegetables and, and whatnot. And like years ago, before I moved out West, um, I ran an experiment to see how long I could mm-hmm. just buy food at the farmer's market and like mm-hmm. not buy anything that came in a package. So it was like bulk greens. I'd ca- carry around containers and uh, there's a little co-op where I was living that let me do that, which is pretty cool. And like the way that I felt was like and the way that that changed for me just by going into like more organic 
you know, farm grown stuff was pretty surprisingly immense. <laughs> um, really? Tell yeah. Tell me what you noticed. Uh, I just had more energy. I was sleeping a little bit better. Um, I had an acne problem that cleared up, you know, um, after that. Um, I, I felt like I was doing so much more work, like cooking and preparing things. I actually learned how to cook vegetables, like at least here in the States, like it's boiled and mushy. Like I get why people don't like carrots or kale or any of that stuff. They just don't know how to prepare it right. Um, Mm -hmm. But it really taught me on how to like really focus and prepare that stuff a lot better on top of the energy benefits and the skin clearing up and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, 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 yeah, so it was a really, I was able to go like three months <laughs> fo- wow. completely focused on that. And then it's like, I strained for a marathon and stuff. And I think my caloric intake, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm spending so much time cooking and running. I need to like spend more time eating. Um, so it shifted out of that. But it was really, really profound. So I, I love that idea. And I think, that, and personally, there's something to the food that you're taking a look at really does impact how you feel like that turned me off of fast food. Like, I think mm. it was that time when like after that three months where I like, like went to McDonald's and I'm like, why do I feel so terrible? Like, and I, I feel like the uh, crab in the pot where like, if you've been doing it for so long, you don't realize how physiologically mm. you feel after that, some of that stuff. Um, That's right. And so, yeah, Help me make, be really much more aware of of what I was eating, also. Um, but yeah, it's super cool. Um, yeah, and it's really powerful because regenerative health goes beyond the foods that we eat in terms of the impact it has on the environment, right? So it's regenerative mm-hmm. health for the environment, for the soil, for all life on the planet. It's it's regenerative health for our rivers and our oceans and our waterways. One of the biggest polluters in our waterways is agrochemicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's we could... shocking. You know? And and we don't we don't we don't realize the impact. To like so we we talk we're talking here about regenerative health for our own self personally, and uh, it and that's part of the story is the incredible impact it has globally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, especially as we're seeing a lot more like climate disasters and, and whatnot. You know, um, yeah. That, that sounds like it could be a whole topic unto itself for another couple of hours. Um, yeah, you know, and I don't mean to take it that way. I just want people to be inspired by what they can do. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, I live in a community where it's really hard to find organic food. I live in rural Saskatchewan. I go to the grocery store and I can buy apples a lot of the time organically, not all the time. I can buy pineapple almost all mm-hmm. the time. Um. And then everything else is kind of a hit and miss. Oh, organic leeks and organic mushrooms are almost always on those shelves as well. So mm. those, you know, four or five items I'm I'm pretty hot on. But beyond that, it's really, really hard. So I, I grow as much as I can. I get as much as I can from other local growers and I can and preserve, preserve as much as I can. So and I so I understand that like healthy food and organic food is not easily accessible for a mm-hmm. lot of people. I lived in BC on the west coast of um, Canada, and you live in California, so you know we're that's privilege when it comes to food accessibility. And what excites me, though, about the conversation that we're having is how people can 
be inspired by what they can do. So even buying one pound of apples um, a week or even a year, <laughs> a million people do that. And that's a million pounds of organic apples mm -hmm. that have been purchased, which is moving the needle for farmers to farm differently. Right. So, and it's, it's sequestering um, mega gigatons of carbon from the mm -hmm. atmosphere. So it's really, really powerful. The impact we have with, the way we vote with our fork and with every bite of food that we have. If you're enjoying listening to this episode of the Meaningful Revolution podcast, there's another kind of conversation that you might really enjoy. So check out Dara here explaining a little bit about high performance coaching. I feel like in this particular moment, where all of us need massive amounts of self-care. High performance coaching is one of those huge gifts you could give to yourself for self-care. It's one of those things that just shapes your life in all these ways you never imagined. And I think I would just tell a friend that it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> And get ready because it's going to shake up your life. <laughs> like, it almost feels like, you know, you don't even realize as you're going along kind of these progressive steps and all of a sudden, you know, 12 sessions in or however many sessions in, you're like, wait a minute, I'm planning and thinking about a life that is, you know, drastically different in many ways. And so it's just, it's almost like this mental shaking up and getting all the crap out of your head so i think it's it's an amazing experience and it's incredibly energizing and it's worth every penny awesome i love having deep conversations with folks whether they're in my podcast or in my coaching practice and so if you'd like to have your meaningful revolution started through a conversation and high performance Please stay tuned to the end of this episode for your invitation on how to get started. Yeah, I love that 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 expanding that worldview, um, and I want to pull on a thread that that I heard you say too, and like engaging other growers. So, uh, could you talk maybe a little bit about the community and the relationships that come along in, in doing this work and? and focusing not only on regenerative health, but, you know, on mm -hmm. the, the agricultural part, um, because at least from my experience in California, it, it's like you go to the restaurants that know the farms, you know, so it's very much mm -hmm. a relationship thing that we all as humans are programmed to like dial into. So. Yeah. Oh, thanks for this question, Sean, because it's very tender on my heart because I really believe that every farmer that farms, really wants to grow the best product they can. Mm. It, it doesn't matter if they're farming with chemicals or farming organically or biodynamically or with Korean natural farming. They, Their heart is in farming. They're farming because they love farming or they kind of fell into the farming um, or maybe they've inherited a farm. But to farm, most you've really got to love it or love aspects of it, growing food for people. So first and foremost, I think that's really important to honor. And beyond that is meeting uh meeting people where they're at and what i mean by that is in the in the organic and regenerative biodynamic space 
for, I mean, since I think since chemicals maybe have been introduced, there's been some divisiveness. And what I mean by that is like now regenerative is all the buzz and they're saying, oh, organic isn't as good as regenerative. Regenerative is good, better because, um, you know, we build soil health and we do agroecology and we do uh, mm -hmm. no-till and we do this, that, and the other thing. And the, yeah, that can be true. And at the same time, I know regenerative farmers who only don't do no-till. And that is the only thing they do regeneratively. They still use genetically modified seeds. They still <laughs> use glyphosate. They still do all the spraying mm -hmm. for the bugs and the fungicides and all the things. And they consider themselves regenerative farmers because they do no-till. So I meet those farmers where they're at and really lean into the conversations of of like what's next so that's it that that doing no-till is amazing because it is it is eliminating um erosion and it's um, not breaking up the soil food web as we've learned and what's next and then to um to the other aspects of regenerative regenerative farming and gardening looking at uh the organic model as and recognizing that it's a grassroots organization that has gotten really, really big in the last decade or so. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is big corporations have come in and, um, you know, there's there's massive organic farms, like massive thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. And so that now people are like, well, is it really organic? Mm -hmm. and, um, and some testing that they done, they done, I wish I had the, it right in front of me, the actual numbers, but I think it was 97% of food that was tested um uh, in that was organic had um like was verified to be um organic and having way less oh. chemicals than other foods so even though there is there's always there's always that room for a slippery slope in anything that we do right it's focusing on what we are doing well and then same with the biodynamic community and the korean natural farming community um and the soil food web community it's gathering and noticing what we can learn from each other and how can we all lift one another up. So um, what works really well for farmer, um, farmer Fred, who lives down the road from me, might not be what works really well for me and the way I farm. However, I can glean from mm -hmm. his experience and maybe incorporate some of that into my practices and vice versa. So. I think that's where we're at in the industry as a whole is how can we work collectively? How can we learn from each other? And how can we really um, amplify the regenerative farming and gardening and regenerative health movement so that we can all hold hands and link arms and <laughs> bring more people on board to know that the food that they're eating is not only impacting their health, it's impacting the health of the planet. Right on. Yeah, it, yeah. it's so important. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. Um, and I love this. And, and, you know, I hope at the end, we'll talk a little bit about heart and soil. You know, if people are looking for a community to engage, I think that's a really great uh, magazine that you uh, run that, that can help provide some of that community, some of that perspective, um, and just figuring out what you could do for yourself, maybe as a consumer, you could talk more about it, but as a farmer, as someone that's in that zone, that, that, that um, topic. But I, I was curious, so if we look around at like, what does top talent or skill look like 
and regenerative health. Like, if there were people, if you, like, who would you, rec- if I was like, hey, I want to learn more about this. We just had a really great conversation. What's, like, follow-up reading or resources or things to check out that might might have influenced you as you've gone through this? That's a great question. Well, we actually amplify regenerative health leaders and experts in Heart and Soil magazine a lot. Mm-hmm. To choose which ones is really hard. <laughs> um, uh, uh, some that come to I mean, I we I just did an interview with Nicolette Richet, and she does a podcast called Eat Real to Heal. It's fabulous, and she's a regenerative health um, coach and medicine health regenerative medicine advocate. Um, and she practices a Gerson therapy. She's doing a, um, a tour right across Canada called 22 million strong mm-hmm. to reverse 22 million, um, people's experience with chronic illness and chronic disease. So that's what her goal is. And then there's Zach Bush who is, who speaks to, he's a medical doctor, triple board certified. He speaks a lot about the microbiome and our connection to earth and to nature and, he really helps pull, he helps simplify things and he helps mm-hmm. people understand the impact of chemical mm-hmm. agriculture on our health. So he's a wonderful place to, a resource as well. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I guess maybe like breaking it down, um, this could be like fun. Uh, if someone were to get started then, right, and they t- took a look at Nicolette and, and, Dr. Zach Bush or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think would be like the first two to three things that like a beginner, right? So say that, you know, maybe you're not a farmer. Maybe you just kind of do the normal grocery store thing. Like what would think would be like the starter steps for someone to start to get into this movement um, to, to help the planet heal, to, to help themselves heal through good nutritious food? Um well, I think the first part would be really defining what health means to you and mm-hmm. being mindful of why it's important to you. You know, like what is what does health mean to you and what do you want to what in optimal health, what are you doing? What are you able to do? Where are you where are you in five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now? And what can you do today that will move you towards that that will nourish you into that that will feed your microbiome that will f- will feed your mind body and soul and in a way that is making your body resourceful so rather than making it dependent on outside hits and fixes what can you do that will make your body resourceful today to generate health mm. That's a, a powerful, powerful question. Um, on top of that, so say that, like, I, mean, I want to be in my best health. I want to be able to put my socks on when I'm 90, you know, without pain. Um, what would be maybe some more, like, one or two practical things that they could do? Is it, like, going to a store and only buying organic? Is it um, visiting farms? I don't know. Um Something a little yeah, bit more and so, tangible. There, so the reason I, I the reason I identify um, 
defining what health means to you and then asking yourself how you can move towards that as a first step is because we need something to move towards. We need a want and a desire to do that before we can take the first action step of buying the food. Because then we're more likely to stay on that quest, mm. to stay on that journey. So uh, outside of that, like what are the first things that we can do is, um, is just actually making the conscious choice to eat more whole foods, eat more real foods. So tossing out the, um, where's my book? Health in a Hurry is my first book. I was on my way to this book launch. Oh, cool. When I was in the accident in 2003. Mm. And there's a chapter in it called, um, I don't know if it's what it's, it's called the great cupboard clean out. So it's getting rid of all the processed stuff in your cupboard mm. and eating as much whole foods as you can. So, and you know, instead of buying the package of, uh, that you're going to put in your microwave for supper, what can you purchase that's really easy to make, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's actually really easy to cook when we learn how to do it. I think that's a lost art. <laughs> so, yes. um, yeah. So anyways, I, that's a long answer, Sean. That's Probably fine. All that bad, but eat whole foods. <laughs> uh, is it, isn't it Michael Pollan's quote to like eat whole foods? I think there's a part that I'm missing and then not, not too much. Um, are you familiar with that yeah. quote? I don't know. Let me see what I say in this. I say, um, I say, once you get used to having healthy choices available, you may be surprised at how simple it is to make them, mm -hmm. yeah. which is really true, right? So if we don't have the quick and easy fix of um, a canola bar in our cupboard, but we have some nuts and raisins, we're going to grab the nuts and raisins because we're hungry, right? And our body, they're better for our body, period. Yep. yep. Oh, Awesome. Yeah, I, this verified by my experience, so I I, I second this. <laughs> um, so if if you were to go from just starting out, you have that hunger and motivation to you know um, make the right choices to to really you know focus and improve your health. Is there an intermediate level set of tactics or strategies or things to be thinking about that would help you you know level up your um, sustainable health game. Um, Sean, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that question again? Um, but I just had two more other, um, oh. like simple things that people can do. Can I share them? Yeah. Yeah. Share them. And we'll get to the, the intermediate zone. Okay. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and the other two powerful wild healthy habits that, that we can incorporate into our daily life is breathing and presence. Mm. So it's really being mindful of when we're feeling stressed out, when we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling that we're thinking about the future and what is going to go right or going to go wrong, or we're worried about what happened in the past and showing it the same way. It's bringing ourselves to the present moment and focusing on our breath and noticing what the air feels like as it moves over our lips and into our lungs and, and then out as we exhale. And, uh, and that's a really, really powerful exercise. And, and, um, and getting yourself out into nature, you know, connecting with mm. nature anytime in any way that you can, even if you don't like it, find what you do like about it, you know, to find something that you like about nature. Maybe um, it's not going outside for you. Maybe it's just having really good food in your house because that is a form of connecting with nature. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I love that. Yeah, because my first thing is like just sit out in the sun. But, um, mm. you know, if that's not an option for you, you know, I have an aunt that has lupus, and I, I guess the sun really causes a lot of symptoms for her in that regard. Um, you know, what can you do after? Like, yeah, it, it's kind of like the no doubt thing. Like, yeah, the food that you pull from <laughs> the outside na- natural world is also a, a good connection. I love that that connection. Yeah. yeah, and also the water that we drink, right? Choosing really healthy, clean water if we can ha- cr- make that happen for ourselves. And that's, and again, that's today in today's world, unfortunately, that's a privilege. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and at the same time, it's one of the most powerful ways we can transform our health is through the nourishment that we have and that is coming from connecting deeply with where that nourishment is coming from which is nature right on yeah okay um so, so Thanks. i love that um so okay to re- recap the the habits it's you know find your health motivation you know think about what ideal health is in the future and how to get there um eat more whole foods so more practically you know eat more whole foods do Mm -hmm. you know focus on your breathing and presence and then finding your connection to nature however that whatever that means to you uh, which i think is is really strong yeah yeah finding and nourishing it right because it can be a journey it's not necessarily some people all of a sudden have this massive awakening and they're out in the trails every weekend or every day after after work and for some people, it's much slower than that. You know, they they buy a plant or they buy real food for the mm-hmm. first time. You know, there's people who've never had food other than from a box. So, yeah. and 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 it's transformational when they have the first fresh carrot or first head of lettuce or you know the first real cucumber. Yeah, it's yeah, it's magical to have like a carrot like you, you realize yeah. that there's so much more flavor that goes into like an or like a heirloom carrot or heirloom tomato than something you buy um from the store so yeah. um okay so segueing into the next question so if you have like a foundation in this work um are there and i love this question because it usually is uh gets people thinking it's what would you suggest or coach or um, point people to, to go from like an intermediate level? So you're doing some of the, you're eating healthy food, you're connecting with nature, you know, you're connecting with your breathing. Uh, Again, you you have that, that, that clear vision of your health and you're making better choices to make that a reality. Uh, Is there anything that would help amplify that process? Like a couple of things along the way. Yeah, good question. I think two things come to mind. One is holding yourself, holding space for yourself in the messiness when you don't do it perfectly, especially Mm -hmm. if you're really attached to doing it perfectly or attached to doing it uh, right, because really there's no right way. It's you do the best you can with what you know, with where you're at and, and you lean, not you lean and you nourish yourself towards deepening into what health looks like and feels like for you. 
And then secondly, it's really deepening into your own self-awareness to how is to the feedback and information your body is giving you about how you're sleeping, how you feel when you wake up in the morning, how do you feel when you're falling asleep at night? What's going through your mind when you're falling asleep at night? What does a food feel like when it first touches and meets your tongue? Like, what is that like? What does it feel like when you chew the food 120 times? And what does that feel like for your digestive system when it receives the food that's been chewed 120 times mm. that has all the digestive enzymes activated to help break it down to work with your microbiome to nourish all the the respiratory and elimination and digestive and endocrine systems like what what is that like and how and how um how are your daily habits serving you in ways to be all that you want to be in mm -hmm. living the health that you want and desire to feel? Yes, <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Um, so if I'm kind of like picking up some themes about sustainable um, and regenerative health, it's, uh, a component of physically the things that you're taking into your body, physically what's happening in the environment around you. So the physicality part, there's this really like meditative, like presence forward, um, mm. kind of self-awareness component of, you know, finding the cause and reaction of I eat, you know, fresh produce from, you know, organic farm. I feel this way. Um, it's almost spiritual. And then if I don't do that, how does that, you know, having that comparison. Um, mm -hmm. is there yeah, a, and if I can go I ahead. Gonna say, what, what, is there another component of this? It may, may be a little higher level that I'm missing or that fits pretty well. Well, I just want to dovetail on the piece where you said, um, you know, when I eat, healthy food or good food i feel the same when i eat you know something that was less healthy than i feel that way and there's a, another piece of that is when we eat the food that we choose to eat because every single bite of food we put on our mouth we're choosing it trusting and our body to use the nourishment from that food and eliminate anything that it doesn't want or anything that it's not that is not going to serve you so that's one of my ninja tricks when i'm eating something that i think might be less than healthy i'll uh -huh. just have a chat with my body and i'll be like and i'll and i'll literally say take from this what you feel will be nourishing and let go of all the rest and if you feel like it'll all be nourishing sure hold on to it use it yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> right. whatever is not and it's really powerful because uh, I, I think our mindset around our eating is as powerful sometimes as what we eat. So mm. I, yeah, I don't know that that's a higher level, Sean, but that came to me when you were, were talking about, cause sometimes we shit on ourselves or make ourselves wrong for yeah. eating, you know, like not organic or eating a chocolate bar or eating chips or eating ice cream or whatever it is. And at the same time, if we are choosing to do it, it's really important to, uh, for to have a good experience of that. It's really important mm -hmm. for your body, emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually to have uh, a nourishing relationship with the food that you're putting into 
mm-hmm. your your vessel that you're here that's carrying you around. Yeah. I I love that because like I'm sure like do you still eat ice cream? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. when you make that choice like you want to enjoy it. You don't want to feel guilty. Like you want to ex- accept that experience. Um, and if it's with your kids or whatever, it's that's a memory that you're building together. So I, I hear what you're saying on don't get so rigid in the rules of it and allow yourself a little bit of grace and a little bit of, you know, enjoying things. But, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I, and when I'm you're asking that right. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Okay. And if you're asking for a high level, um, can you give me an example of what you might mean by that? Oh, I'm just, I, I'm just thinking in like buckets. So we have like the, the, the physical nature of, of this, just like yeah. food, how it interacts in the environment. We have like this emotional component of not beating yourself up, of being more mm-hmm. mindful of the choices we're making and having that motivation. You know, those are like, so it's like motivation. It's physical things that we're doing. Um, mm. yeah, that's just kind of what I noticed. I'm not sure if there's there is another part. Maybe there isn't. Um, well, yeah, that, that's a great that it's a great question because I think there's lots of parts. And in Heart and Soul magazine, one of the reasons we decided to include healthy um, a healthy harvest section in the magazine is we really believe that um, growing healthy food is a big part and an important part of healing ourselves and the planet. And at the same time, having harvesting health and cultivating health is equally, if not more important, because the more awareness we have around our health and how we can generate and regenerate our, our personal health, the more agency we have in moving towards more regenerative food buying practices in the grocery store, at restaurants, when we're on the road, uh what we're going to keep in our office um cupboards or what we're going to keep beside our you know our 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 snack beside like on our desk so Mm -hmm. i think having that connection to an agency into having an awareness that our body is always wanting to heal itself it's it's innate way of being it wants to heal it wants to regenerate and the more we can support it, the more it will work in alignment with us and be in tune with us. So it's not just like our, we are not separate from our body. Cause I think a lot of people mm, feel yeah. separate from their body, right? I'm going to do this and I want this from you. I'm going to work out, you know, uh, five days a week so that I can be strong or that I can be fit or that I can fit into these new pair of jeans. And so there's a, like this separateness. And when we are able to come in alignment and in tune with them, um, the deeper impact of what, how our daily choices and our, how our daily habits impact our health on an emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual level, the more uh, long-term impact we have. So it becomes the way of living instead of a way of just getting something. It's not, it's not a short-term fix. It's a, it's a way to live. It's a way to live in in oneness and in collaboration with our our bodies and with nature and with the earth and with each other and because it bleeds into our relationships then right it Mm -hmm. it it um it moves into how we communicate with our spouses and with our children and with our friends and with our family because the more 
grace and the more nourishing we can be towards ourselves, our bodies Mm -hmm. and who we are, the more nourishing and more um, our ability to be in the struggle or be in the messiness of life expands. Mm -hmm. And that's powerful. And it's shown that stress is 80% of illness, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, regeneration is powerful. Well, that's beautiful. I hope everyone takes away from our conversation today the importance to really regenerate and take care of yourself, how that relates to this greater idea of taking care of our planet, the connections that we have with one another through you know, the food system um, and so much other things. So um, one last question before, you, before we wrap up is in a little bit of a shift in gear, but... Um, in this work that you do, how do you, do you have a couple of habits that keep you on mission or on purpose or on task every day, week or month or whatever the, the cadence that works for you? I'd love to, to know that. Yeah, I have, um, I guess I have a long short list, Sean. So there's a lot of things I do that take a very small amount of time that I feel get me big results. So mm-hmm. um, I have... Um, I call them totems around my house. Like I have totems. Um, and what a totem is, is it's something that when I look at it, it brings me absolute joy or happiness or makes me laugh or makes me feel good about who I am. It makes me good, feel good about life. And so that can be a picture, uh, a crystal, a rock, a book, um, a knickknack. It can be a dresser that I purchased. It can be a um, like a light on the wall. It can be it, it, that totem for you can it is whatever evokes um like if whatever evokes life inside of you and joy inside of you so that's one of my Hmm. my habits is i'm really mindful about having those totems around my house and um in my office even in my car (laughs) and um the then the second habit is i always uh I'm mindful of how I spend my time. And so what I mean by Mm -hmm. that is I know that I want to be flexible, flexible, agile, and strong when I'm in my nineties. And so what is going to get me that? So working out, stretching, doing yoga, moving my body is going to get me that. So I don't necessarily do the same routine all the time. I do I do weight training and I do yoga and I do um, functional work and I do polarity yoga and um, I often switch it up. So there's some things I keep that are all always the same for mobility and ability. And at the same time, I'm really flexible in that. I just make sure that there's movement in my day every day. And then I meditate every day. And um, that doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, like the 20 minutes or the 30 minutes or uh, sitting on my yoga pillow. It, um, it can just be being present. You know, it can just be um, doing a body scan, noticing how I feel from head to toe. It can be... Um, going out on the deck in the morning and just listening to the birds and breathing the fresh air. <laughs> and then it can be a very intentional meditation of moving the energy from the base of my spine 
all the way up into my brain and holding it there and um and feeling what that feels like and so the my meditation and mindful practices are quite um expansive as well it's more it's not necessarily specifically what it's in, it's um I don't know how to answer that, Sean. Maybe you want to take that out, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not specific. It's just not. And and yeah, and then I also do self care, and so those are activities that make me feel really good. Um, okay, range from uh, making sure that I'm incorporating baths or walks or um, neurofeedback, uh, something that really nourishes my state my like my well-beingness my state of mind emotionally mentally, physically and spiritually what is that so that's those are some of the things right on yeah so what i heard is you have reminders these things you call totems that keep you connected mm -hmm. to your purpose you have these mindfulness practices it's not like you do this one meditation it's however you define meditation you know either from walking or from very intentional mantra based things or whatever things you're doing mm -hmm. that help remind you that your work's important, that you're doing meaningful things and you're walking the walk a lot of the ways. Cause I know that that mindfulness is such an important part of the work that you do. So, um, with that said, um, thank you so much for being here. Uh, what is the best way for folks to reach out to, to follow up with you or to check out heart and soil magazine? <clears throat> Oh, thanks for asking, Sean. So Heart and Soil Magazine is the guide to regenerative farming, gardening, and living with a focus on impacting soil health and your own personal well-being through growing your own food or connecting with your farmers and learning how food is grown. And um, you can get a complimentary copy just by heading over to heartandsoilmagazine.com and uh, just give us your name and email and we'll send you a a complimentary copy so you can just check it out and see if it's a good fit and it's a wonderful like if you're into wanting to know how to grow your own food if we grow your own food or if you want to learn how to grow food without chemicals or if you're already a farmer or gardener or you want to go or you're curious about going into that industry it is a phenomenal resource that bridges conversations around regenerative farming gardening living from organic to biodynamic to korean natural farming to uh, composting, compost teas, and um, the soil food web. And we talk about bacteria and fungi and all the good things and feature uh, leaders and experts and scientists and farmers and gardeners from around the world. So there's something in it for pretty much everyone. And if the magazine isn't a good fit for you, then head on over to healthinahurry.com and uh, you can get your own free copy of this book. And, and you can check it out because it's full of some of the tips we talked about today and then lots of other resources for uh, being healthy when you have no time. Right. On. And and also, Sean, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me here today and for doing the work that you do around meaningful revolutions and mm -hmm. connecting people with their deeper purpose and their why and helping people fill their toolbox with resources and with ideas and to so that we can learn from each other and alongside each other is really powerful and you are a phenomenal coach and 
anyone who works with you is super blessed and I feel deeply honored to have been invited to have this conversation with you. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And, and of course, hope to have you on sometime soon. Well, I'll have that link below in the show notes on how to, to reach that. If you didn't catch the Heart and Soil magazine um, link that Natalie just shared. Again, thank you so much for your time, um, for sharing your passion for regenerative health and agriculture and all things connected to it. Um, we're very, very honored to have you here. And um, we'll see you guys in the next episode of the Meaningful Revolution podcast. All right. What an amazing episode with Natalie that we had today. I think if I could sum up all the notes that I took during the session, and I hope you did too, it's that this is a conversation about wellness, right? Sustainable health, sustainable and, and regenerative agriculture. It's all about working, having things work together. And I think having a holistic approach to your wellness, whether that's exercise and diet and all the ABCs that we talk about in high performance or some of the other guests like Harry Petrie had talked about or um, Aaron Hurley talking about taking care of yourself. This is all adjacent to the same conversation of wellness. So um, I hope your takeaways are to, to really think about your ideal health going forward and to, to you know connect with nature, to really have a little extra thought into what you're putting in your body and how that's impacting the environment overall. So uh, with that said, in our next episode, I'm really excited um, to have the guest Patricia Tallman, who um, is a stunt woman and actress and been in a bunch of sci-fi stuff and, and horror stuff um, over the years. So I'm, I'm as a nerd, I'm really excited for her. So hopefully you will uh, join us next week, right? And not hopefully, you should join us next week. So make sure to listen to next week's episode with uh, Patricia Tallman uh, and talking about how to face and conquer your fear dragon. So until then, guys, this is Sean Butner signing off. See you later. Before we wrap up this episode of the Meaningful Revolution podcast, I want to extend an invitation for you to start your meaningful revolution through a high-performance conversation. So if you go to seanbutner.com backslash coaching, you can qualify for a one-hour strategy session with me as long as I have time, and we will deep dive and have a conversation like the one you just heard. So if you like this podcast and what you just listened to, then I know you're going to love our one-on-one strategy session because we'll go in and we'll deep dive into your life through the high performance lens this science-based process that people love and we'll find some breakthroughs for you on how you can live a little bit more meaningful or feeling a little bit more fulfilled or feeling a little bit more connected to those around you so but don't take my word for it here's more of Dara sharing their story of how they were before and after certified high performance coaching And again, if you're interested in qualifying for a free one-hour strategy session, go to seanbutner.com backslash coaching, link below wherever you're watching or listening to this episode. So over to Dara. Before coaching, I was just sort of like, like a machine just going along and doing the thing and like, there were decisions that I must have made at different points along the way 
that seemed like small decisions, but they slowly added up to this life that didn't make sense to me anymore. And it just came crashing down. And I took a day off of work and was like, I can't do this. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. What I do in my daily life, how I'm living my life, how I'm take not taking care of my body and uh you know socially like just the whole picture was just kind of not it just all felt wrong and then i signed up to do the coaching and i think it gave me this space to pause and reflect in a way that um daily life doesn't always give us the structure to do that and because you're paying money you're making this investment right and so you're committing to it in a way that if i say oh i'm going to journal every day about my hopes and dreams it's not the same as sitting down with someone having somebody hold you accountable and showing up and doing the work so before yeah just sort of this machine moving along this path that was sort of unconsciously set. And then after I've just shifted simple things like how I uh, feed myself <laughs> and like just little things that I'm suddenly aware of and who I bring into my life and um, how I spend my time and energy. And it just feels so much more in alignment with my values and my goals and my community and family's values and goals. So huge change.